Thank you guys. Let me just uh, get my kind of proverbial ducks in a row here. You are already wondering what is going on here. All right, that's the carrying bag for all this stuff, which is great. Great, great, great. Awesome. Cool. I am so glad to be with you guys today. This is very, very cool to see you in this place, doing the things you're doing, moving ahead. And my hope from our time together today is that uh, you will see God in your story and that it will be all the grander, all the more glorious, and uh, your response will be a yes and a worship response. So here we go. So who remembers this toy? Anybody? Oh man, way more than I thought. This is good news. All right. So there's about 10 different shapes that fit into this ball, right? And none of these shapes will, will actually fit anywhere else. And trust me, I've tried. I've tried as a toddler and tried more recently as an adult. So this is just kind of how it is. So if you were to give yourself a shape right now, what shape would you choose for yourself? Maybe you would picture yourself as a nice equilateral triangle. Hmm? Or maybe a beautiful circle. Or maybe you're more of a nice foundational square type person. Or a shape that you've completely made up yourself. Something that's just uniquely you. Maybe you want to be a star. Had to do it. It's cheesy. Um, a heart, maybe. So what I'd love to do, and I wish we had time for this, would be to put a giant piece of paper all down the wall and have you each be able to go up to it and just draw the shape that feels like you or the way that you would describe yourself. But we, we can't do that right now. So what I'd like you to do is close your eyes, grab your imaginary marker, or if you've got a piece of paper, a notebook in front of you, just draw your shape right now. So just close your eyes, trace your shape the way you envision yourself to be. Okay, you got it. Do you realize how profound what you've just done is? How amazing is it that you can think about yourself, think about who you are, think about who you are designed to be. What's even more amazing and beautiful and significant is that there is a place where you fit perfectly. You and I, all of humanity is intricately designed and this is the masterful answer to the question so who am I that's carrying all of these chapels here at Prairie? Deep in my heart, in your heart, in the heart of every person, there is a longing for balance. There's a longing for beauty. There's a longing for meaningful work. There's a longing for connection, a longing for community. Because we were made, we we're made for these things, right? Creation reflects this powerful, integrated design and points us to the one who spoke and made it so, who breathed and life was the result. 
Have you ever tried, though, to move your own peace by yourself? Have you ever tried to change your shape, that deepest, truest part of who you are? Have you ever face-palmed in frustration or hung your head in hopelessness over the story that you've just told yourself about yourself? What's the story you tell yourself about yourself? See, every one of us has done things that don't align with our own inner compass. No matter how good my intentions are, I fall short. And not just once or twice either. The longer you live and the more gray hair you get, the more obvious it becomes. Our shapes are fallen. No matter how much I want to move my own peace, no matter how much I want to find a way to connect, it's just not within my power, not within my skill, not within my ability. I need another skill set, an ability far beyond my own. And this is the only way that I can truly connect and be connected through a reconciler who understands more deeply than I ever will what it is to live life in full connection, who understands the shape I'm created to be and who can carry me to the place where I best fit for myself and for others. In that moment, you and I will realize that we have been restored to something that's beyond what we have ever imagined. Your perfect shape and design becomes encompassed by, literally placed in something greater, something grander. And you realize that there is a completeness that goes beyond yourself to a completeness which reflects the design of an entire universe. That this is the way things were intended to be from the beginning, from the very, very, very beginning. A perfect creation. Only now it's somehow, somehow even better because your story of isolation has been, has been rescued, has been redeemed. And in doing so, the one who is the rescuer and the redeemer is all the more glorious because of what he has done. You and I are brought into a larger, more glorious story forever. Can you see the story of creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Can you see the gospel? Can you see how you can live out this transformation in who you are? So here's our big idea for today. Life in Christ is the sphere where fruitfulness and reconciliation are formed and from which they flow. Life in Christ is the sphere where fruitfulness and reconciliation are formed and from which they flow. How is this grand transforming story of God, creation, fall, redemption, restoration, how is this seen through my life or through your life? Let's take a look 
at some very important things. John chapter 15, verse 16 says this. If you've got a Bible with you, go ahead and turn to it. Fire up your phone. Don't go on Facebook. Here we go. John 15, 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Look more closely at what Jesus says here. He says, I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. I chose you. That's what Jesus says in this conversation with his disciples, with his learners, right? I'm chosen. We sang it. I'm chosen, called, and appointed to fruitful living in Christ. God says, I am the one who created you and designed you. I am able to place you in me. To place you in me. To make your perfect shape, your perfect design, integrate into my grander, deeper story. To be fruitful, to be reconciled. So what could this kind of living look like? We'll turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. And let's take a look at a second passage. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and who gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he's committed to us the message of reconciliation. We, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Well, there is so, so much here. But for the few minutes we've got, let's explore who, how I am, my shape, your shape. How did this come to be? Where's the source, the power for our call to reconciliation and fruitful living. All this is from God. 2 Corinthians 5.18 tells us, and I chose you and appointed you is what we've already seen from John 15.16, right? Those who are entrusted with God's message of reconciliation to be his ambassadors don't self-select. We have this message or the authority that comes from God. All this is from God. He's chosen you and me. He's appointed you and me. Now, sometimes this can be a bit overwhelming to think about, can it? So let me just share a little bit of my story with you. You see, anytime you get to stand on a platform and speak or do something, it comes with some authority or position that's actually just loaned to whoever is up there. 
The authority is loaned to you. And just because I'm up here today, you've got some assumptions about who I am, and I hope you'll see how good God is. And I hope that he gets all the glory. So I do have the amazing privilege to serve as the coordinating director of spiritual development for Teach Beyond. Teach Beyond is a ministry whose roots actually come right back here to Prairie. And you guys probably hear that a lot in the course of your time here. There was a a group of brothers and a cousin who determined that they would say yes to what God was asking them to do. And so they began to do what they were gifted to do, to sing together as the Jans Quartet, and then to preach and invite people to come and follow Jesus. This ministry became known as Jans Team Ministries, and it started about 65 years ago. 11 years ago, George prompted yet another Prairie alumnus, Dr. George Durantz, to revision Jan's team to become Teach Beyond. George recognized that God was opening doors through the schools that had been started through Jan's team, through biblical education, both short-term and distance education, and through English language camps that we were doing as a ministry. I was serving as George's pastor uh, in Calgary, actually, at that point in time, and he invited me onto the board of directors to help with this transition and revisioning. In the past 10 years, God has blessed in amazing ways. When we first started and became Teach Beyond, we had about 140 workers or missionaries who were serving around the world. Uh, Now we have 900 people serving in over 60 countries full-time. Teach Beyond is all about seeing lives transformed by the gospel, using English and education as pathways for the gospel. So how did God design my piece to fit into his amazing plan? Honestly, he shaped me through a thousand yes, no answers. Really really simply. A thousand yes, no answers. There were so many people who built into my life imploring me on Christ's behalf for me to become reconciled to God, for me to say yes to what the Holy Spirit was just prompting me to do rather than to say no. Now, in my role as Director of Spiritual Development, I get to come alongside our senior leadership and do all that we can to ensure that our senior leaders are being transformed because we deeply believe that transformed leaders will lead others into transformation. Transformed leaders will lead others into transformation. This is the work of the Spirit. This reconciliation of our hearts, minds, and bodies to God. We immerse ourselves in his presence like these shapes are integrated into this sphere. Because life in Christ is the sphere where fruitfulness and reconciliation are formed and from which they flow. So we've got to ask ourselves, how is this transforming story of God seen through my life, seen through your life. Within Teach Beyond, this could look like serving as a volunteer at a one-week or two-week-long short-term English camp. 
It could be coming alongside refugees, which we had up until last week been doing on Lesbos, Greece, but there's trouble there, so we've had to pull out. Or it could be coming alongside some kids on a garbage dump in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, who are third generation there, and being maybe the first follower of Jesus that they will ever meet and helping them with some basic, basic English and basic numeracy skills so they can take one step forward. It might be serving as a classroom teacher or an administrator or as a residence assistant. It could be living out your faith in a creative access country as you let the shape of your life show the glory of the one who created you. It's framing who you are in the gospel message of creation, fall, redemption, restoration. To live out your call to fruitfulness and reconciliation. Let's take a look at a word used multiple times in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and that's reconciliation. 2 Corinthians 5:18. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he's committed to us the message of reconciliation. We're therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. In 2 Corinthians chapters 4 and 5, Paul intentionally engages with imagery common to the Greco-Roman world. Now there's this distinction that we see that he makes between the inner man and the outer man. He also uses this term ambassadors, distinct to their world. And then there's this term, reconciliation. Let me share with you something from the Zondervan Illustrated Bible Backgrounds commentary on this. Paul purposefully chooses concepts familiar to the Corinthians so that the good news of Christ may take root easily in the soil of the Peloponnese. While the substance of the gospel remains unchanged, Paul's shrewd use of culturally appropriate symbolism gives his message an indigenous quality crucial for it to truly, truly flourish. Theologians and missiologists call this contextualization, and you might well have already known that. But it's just as important today as it was in the first century. The message of God's love and the saving work of Christ is for all humanity. And it's our task as ambassadors for Christ to translate this message into culturally sensitive forms without allowing the content of the message to be shaped by culture. End of quote. So when I was a missionary in Germany for 10 years, it was my task to exegete culture there to figure out what mattered to Germans and why did that matter to them so that I could share the message in a culturally sensitive way without changing the content of that message. And our opportunity to do this in Canada exists every day, all day, whenever you say yes to what God is leading you to do. But we've got to learn to understand. Reconciliation is a prominent word in our Canadian cultural context. Yet recent events have shown us that there isn't widespread agreement 
on what reconciliation actually is or how it should be worked out. So let's continue to build on Scripture so that our understanding of this word is rooted in its biblical framework and not in a fluid cultural moment. Another helpful picture of reconciliation is from Romans 5.10. Romans chapter 5, verse 10. For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through his son, through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Look at the quick, quick, quick development of this text. We were God's enemies. We were reconciled to him through the death of his son. We are saved through his life. This is God's activity. He reconciles us through his son. Romans 8.10 tells us this, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, while we were still enemies with God, as Romans 5 says. God takes the initiative and has power and authority to open the pathway to reconciliation for us. So what do we have to do with this process? Does God have to meet our expectations? Do we need to see a level of good faith from God before we can begin to engage in a dialogue with him? No. And I want to point this out so that we do not misinterpret biblical reconciliation by viewing it through the current cultural lens of reconciliation. Biblical reconciliation is not a reciprocal act. We are reconciled even though we are far, far away. Even though we're enemies. This is quite different from our current expectations and understanding of cultural reconciliation. How much giving from one side will be enough to meet the expectations of any given other side? And hear me clearly, we have much, much to address in order to be reconciled to our First Nations peoples. Hear me on that. Yet God's reconciliation is a gift fully given regardless of our acceptance of it. It's so much higher than cultural reconciliation because you and I were utterly lost. We weren't even looking for reconciliation, but the amazing heart of God was making his appeal to us. The words of one commentator say this on 2 Corinthians 5.21. These 15 Greek words defy exegetical explanation, dealing as they do with the heart of the atonement. See, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. In him we might become the righteousness of God. So what's the fruit of this message of reconciliation? Well, you and I are in Christ, in Christ, a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Our sins are not counted against us. We implore on Christ's behalf. And finally, in him, we become. We become. Now, this is an I am statement. So who am I? We become the righteousness 
of God. See, life in Christ is the sphere where fruitfulness and reconciliation are formed and from which they flow. So how is this grand transforming story of God being evident in your life? I know you guys have opportunity to fire me some questions and I'm totally open to that. But before we get to that, I'd love it if you guys just had a moment to cluster around just maybe a group of two, three, four, no more than four because you just won't get a chance to engage and just process some of these questions with each other. So what are you becoming? As you consider your shape, your heart, your mind, your body, how are you called to reconciliation and fruitfulness? Have you framed your story in this grand transforming story of God? Another thing to look at, what resources around you could help you experience more fruitfulness, could help you experience more reconciliation in your life. And then to take a step back from your inner world to look at the impact you have on the world around you, what are those who know you, like your friends, your family, your teammates, maybe somebody in res, what are those around you becoming? Are they becoming more fruitful as you live in Christ? Are you living out and retelling this story of reconciliation? So we got about 10 minutes. Why don't you guys take the next eight minutes and just cluster up and have that conversation. And if there's questions, I'm sure somebody will get them to me and I'll come up with some kind of answer if you're sending them. So great, cluster on up guys. Cool. Well, I hope you guys can keep that conversation going uh, between yourself and God, particularly this week, and amongst yourselves. Gather some friends. And uh, I think particularly as we step into this Global Connections Conference in the week that's ahead, sometimes we have this concept that, oh, I have to be this kind of thing for God to use me. Like, you know, I, I got to be able to do this or do that. And, and he just loves the shape that he has created you to be. And where you fit in Christ is the best, safest, most satisfying place you will ever know. And sometimes that's also really uncomfortable and sometimes some really awful things happen in the midst of that. But there is a joy and there is a just beauty in just simply saying, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Because you'll find that he will just lead you to places that are just beyond what you ever thought would be a part of your life. So I want to thank you guys for the opportunity to share with you this morning and just encourage you, particularly as you step into this week, um, just really go, Lord, what... What's my shape? What, what am I made to do? And how does that fit in you? And what do you want to do as I say yes to you? So let me pray for you as you step into the rest of this day. Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you that you are good. 
Thank you that you are the one who loves to lead your children. That you increase in our lives the more we immerse ourselves in you. So Lord, would you help us to be tellers of your grand story? We don't have to look far at all to see the results of things that fall so short of what you intended for us. Whether it's a coronavirus, struggles in our relational world, death of people we love, our own personal inner dialogue that's just not whole. In all of these things, you came because you are the better way. You are fullness. You are fruitfulness. You are reconciliation. And so Lord, I pray for each person here that you would bless them through the rest of this day, that they would be drawn closer to you, that they would begin to delight in who you have made and continue to make them to be. That there would be this incredible fruitfulness because they are chosen and called by you. Lord, bless this place. Bless the ministries that go up from here. And thank you for your goodness, your love, and your care that's new every morning. So thanks. Lead us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys.